UofL has made a big hire for its football program. Can this stop the revolving door that's been happening around there? And also, we've had a firsthand look at the biggest economic development project in Kentucky. I'm David Mann, that was Laurel Deppin, and you are listening to the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions about all the things happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Today on the show, in addition to Laurel, we have Ellie Tolbert. Hi. And Michael L. Jones. How you doing? All right. So the very first thing, I think we always kind of lead with the big talker of town, you know, the big thing that's happening in town. This week it's First, it was uh, Jeff Satterfield. Then it was uh, oh, wait. Scott Scott Satterfield. <laughs> Today, it's Jeff Brom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Michael, tell us what's happening with U of L and its football program. Well, uh, Jeff Brom is coming home. Uh, former U of L football player, quarterback, is coming back as coach. Um, he's had like a successful tenure mm-hmm. at uh, Purdue, and. Um, UofL is is just really getting a deal because they're getting the upgrade for uh, just the right amount of money. Right. Because um, Josh Hart said that, you know, they couldn't pay like $8 million for a coach. Mm-hmm. And so he's got six-year contract, a little more than $5 million. And they don't have to worry about paying Satterfield because Cincinnati <laughs> Gave him a buyout. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, so Satterfield went to UC. That that was kind of the news. I God, all these days are running together. But that was the news. What on Monday or yeah. something? And it then, seemed so long. Yeah, it ago. seemed like so long ago. <laughs> and then today, as we speak, actually, um, they are officially announcing Jeff Brom. But uh, um, it's basically already out there that he's the the new coach. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, he'll be able to answer the age-old Louisville question: Where did you go to high school? Uh, because he went to Trinity High School, yeah. and then he went to U of L. He played baseball and, and football. So. Yeah, and he turned down the job four years ago, mm-hmm. but he had just uh, gotten a Purdue. Um, and earlier, I remember uh, before the season started, he said that he would be open to the uh, L job, even though Satterfield, you know, yeah. had it then. And uh, Satterfield wanted more money and more years on this contract. And L was like, no way. But he had a pretty good season. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, started out rough, but then he won. Yeah. They, 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 were, they finished strong. So... Uh, so yeah, I think uh, you know Jeff Brom coming back home it sounds like a, a good deal for U of L. So um, my question is, will he stick around? Because U of L has had this revolving door. We talked about it last I, week. I think too. he will because he could have gone somewhere else and got more money. Right. Uh, it seemed like he really wanted to come home, mm-hmm. and it's it's weird now because in basketball and football we have former former uh, players coaching. I'm sure Jeff Brom is going to have a little more success than Kenny Payne's had this yeah. season, but well, fingers I expect crossed. Kenny to pull it out. <laughs> uh, eventually. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, you know, it takes a while to yeah. to build a program. So I think Kenny Payne will turn it around. Um, 
I don't. I know a lot of fans are already calling for his ouster, but yeah. you know, I'm a U of L fan, so I can say this. But U of L fans are fickle, and you know, yeah. you got to give things time to work. Uh, I know, I know that's the last thing anybody wants to hear, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, remember Ron Cooper? That's. <laughs> 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 Uh, we'll uh, never go that low again. So. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think for, for Satterfield, or I, the reason I want to say Jeff Satterfield is because Jeff Saturday, the Colts uh, yeah. coach, it makes me, it always comes into my mind when I start saying his name. But, but I think Jeff Brom, uh, you know, with this being his hometown, seems like he'll stick around. So. Yeah. And <laughs> his family's like U of L royalty. His dad was, uh, a quarterback at U of L, his brother Brian, and I think he had a brother that uh, was on the football team that um, played another position. I can't remember right now. Yeah, was it? yeah. I was trying to think. Like Brom must have been one of the first teams to play in in the current Cardinal Stadium. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm trying to remember when Cardinal Stadium opened. I guess it was the late '90s, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was. So maybe I'm way off on that. Maybe it had been there for ten years before uh, before Brom, but uh, but it kind of seems that way. I'm I'm just uh, trying to think back. But uh, yeah, so good news for U of L. They got a president last week. They're getting a football coach this week. Who knows what uh, what open positions they have left? Laurel, do you know what open positions <laughs> they have left? No high profile ones. Yeah, they might have like a professorship yeah. open, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, was interim everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't I know it? And I always joke that I have that whole thing memorized. Neely Bendapudi left in December. One week later, Vince Tyra left, yeah. and then the interim, and then this, and then they had yeah. And that was only a year ago, and it seems right. like you know a long time. So, I'm glad they were able to make a coaching hire so quickly. So, all right, uh, we'll switch gears here. Um, we'll talk about. Ellie's travels. Topic two: Ellie's travels. You have been all over the it's like Gulliver, Gu- Gulliver's travels, but only better. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. only better, better. especially more when it trucks. Yes, <laughs> yes, more trucks. especially when it involves everyone's favorite topic: Ford built tough. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, where is she going with that? <laughs> yeah, EV innovation. Yeah, um, maybe I should have gone with that, but I was kind of mm. just like. Just, just talking. Um, but you went to Glendale this week yes. um, for a Ford press conference. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I went to the, the official groundbreaking, uh, quote-unquote, groundbreaking, because they've clearly already broken ground on the new Ford battery plant, um, the Blue Oval SK Innovation Ford battery plant. Um, it's Kentucky's largest economic development deal in history, um, which probably most people know that, but if you don't know what all is involved in it, it's a $5.8 billion investment in Kentucky. Um, it's going to include two buildings. They're going to hire 5,000 people. Um, it's about like a 2.3-mile campus. And at the press conference, they announced that their Ford is partnering with um, the Elizabethtown Community College, C- Community Technical College, is that? Yeah, yeah. ECTC. Um, to build a $25 million um, training center. Yeah. And so they're going to have their own, like, dedicated training center for those. I would imagine jobs. it takes some technical expertise to build oh, yeah. EV batteries. Yes, yeah. I think so, too. And it's also, um, like, the first time a, like, corporation has paired with a community college to create, like, a dedicated 
training mm-hmm. facility in Kentucky. In Kentucky, yeah. at least, yeah. Yeah. So. so was Andy Bashir there? Of course. I could just <laughs> I could just imagine him going nuts over this. And he doesn't world. miss good news. No. Come on. no, no, especially not. Especially not with Ford. Especially not with election. Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Not when he's a big Kentucky fan. No. Yes. He renamed the state for him. Yeah. Built tough. Yeah. Um I have that memorized because like Last year was like the biggest economic development yes. year yeah. in history, and this is the second greatest year. Yeah, I've, I've been working on. I've been to so many press conferences where he talks about that that I've been working on my Andy Bashir impression. Oh man! <laughs> so keep working. I won't, on yeah, it. I won't do it. To, I'll stick around. Maybe I'll uh, in a, some bonus content. Yeah, for we'll those who don't know, Ellie does really funny impressions. <laughs> Well, there's a happy hour later for SPJ. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll hear it. Maybe it'll we'll come out. Yes. Um, so, kind of help us understand more of like the scope of this. How many electric cars does Ford plan to build? Yeah. So they have a goal um, by the end of 2026. They want to have two million electric vehicles um, produced, and so or annually. So yeah, it's two so. million annually. Okay. Um, and they. Uh, that includes more than just this battery park. So this is just one thing that's going to help them continue to get to that goal right. of having two million. They're building another one in Memphis. Oh, the one in Memphis was a part of the like eleven billion because yeah. there was like an eleven billion dollar like package. Right. They and announced then the five billion was here. The Kentucky plant and the Memphis plant at the same, at the same time. time. And they're going to build electric cars in Memphis. Here they're just building batteries for electric right. cars. That's an important distinction to make. Mm-hmm. So let's talk electric cars for a minute. <laughs> Does anyone drive an electric car? Has have, has anyone looked at getting an electric car? I have a hybrid, um, but I haven't gone the full electric. I'm definitely going to get one at some point. And I've had this discussion with my wife who's more on the fence. She's like, I just don't know. What if I want to go on a road trip? My answer to that is, how often do you go on road trips? <laughs> <laughs> like, And if you do, you usually, like, I, we frequently rent cars when we go on road trips. So to save wear and tear on our cars. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm all in on electric cars as soon as they get more affordable than they are now. Like right now, I think there's a few that are, you know, getting kind of lower priced with, uh, the Nissan Leaf and, uh, Chevrolet's got one, well, Chevrolet's got a couple of them too, but like Ford's, Ford's got the F-150 Lightning. It's really expensive. Um, you know, uh, and, and the Mustang, uh, I can't remember what they call it. That is an electric Mustang. It's super expensive too. Teslas are super expensive. So as soon as it gets more in like the below twenty thousand dollar range, like the n- I'm in. normal, yeah, like normal. Just I want to buy a beater of a car. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. My wife has um, she- Shelby Chevy Cruze, mm-hmm. and um, she it's it like turns off when she's at a light and goes electric, yeah. and then it clicks on. But it's really hard on a starter. Mm-hmm. So True. we're always replacing the starter in her car, uh, like every three years or so. But my brother-in-law just got a Tesla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How high it's, end? <laughs> yeah, it's a used Tesla, but he paid $60,000 for it. Oh, my. And he had to fly <laughs> to Texas and everything oh and, my Lord. and get a new electric plug put into his house and everything. So it's really a commitment. It mm-hmm. is. 
and he's a truck driver. I was like, what am I doing in journalism? I need to get <laughs> and start driving the truck. Right. <laughs> well, I think Chevy is, if you buy one of their EVs, they will install the electric thing for yeah. you. Hmm. Like, that comes with the car. Yeah. But my wife's car is great for road trips. We can get, like, to Knoxville on one tank of gas. Mm-hmm. And so it gets something like 42 miles a gallon. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested in looking into electric cars. I don't know much about cars. But, and I'm about to do an impressive segue here. The question is, is Kentucky ready for electric cars? Do we have the infrastructure for it? That's something Pete Buttigieg talked about in his visit to Louisville this week. Now that was a segue. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. You just stole both of our thunders. (laughs) I am the host now. (laughs) I'm the captain now. (laughs) There's those impressions. She Uh, had that in her pocket, too. You know, she was like... I was sitting waiting for it. Working. How am I going to say this? (laughs) (laughs) How do I... Um, make, uh, yeah, yeah, I was planning on that. And that was the other of Ellie's travels <laughs> this week was uh, you were, wh- where was, where was, May- I call him Mayor Pete in the script because I don't know how to spell Judge without <laughs> looking it up. But where was Pete Judge this week? Yeah, he's Secretary Pete now, but he'll yeah. always be Mayor <laughs> He's Pete always Mayor us. Pete to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was at UPS. So he um, has been visiting um, cities across the country to our Um, have kind of logistics hubs and things like that Um, and so he came to UPS Worldport because it's it's their largest largest well their largest air air hub right yeah Um, and so he basically came to just talk about the infrastructure bill that was passed in 2021 um, that basically gives a lot of money to help you know pave roads fix bridges Um, part of it was like kind of EV infrastructure mm-hmm. and like setting up the grid. Part of it was um, had to do with the airports, which Louisville's also getting money through that for our, our airport. Um, and so, yeah, he just came to talk about supply chain, talk about logistics, and um, thank UPS workers. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting because that wasn't the first UPS facility he's visited. And so, Mm-mm. I don't know. It's weird that he made the UPS tie. I think mm-hmm. um, you know to talk about roads and yeah because most of it was about roads because i guess ups uses they, i mean they, they, they use roads too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just like us yeah <laughs> uh yeah i think it kind of had to do with specifically because we're going into their like peak season and so mm-hmm. a lot of like de- they're making a lot of deliveries and things this time of year mm-hmm. so Definitely. he tied a lot of that into it as well yeah uh, so what was something surprising about uh, Mayor, well, Secretary Pete's visit right. that, you, uh, that you took away? Um, I am trying to, I was trying to think of something that, like, surprised me about him. I don't, his, like, uh, knowledge of the supply chain was really interesting. He talked about um, how over 3 million packages come through UPS um, every day, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to think about. Um, how much, like, probably most of the, like, Christmas gifts during this time of year come through Louisville mm-hmm. before going to the various, you know, homes that they go to. Um, as someone who worked at UPS <laughs> for five days, um, <laughs> it was just kind of cool to, like, think about just the amount of, like, the impact that Louisville has on making sure people are getting their, like, gifts and things, yeah. which was interesting. But Yeah, um... I, uh, I I I took a tour of UPS's facility here. Like, and if you ever get a chance to from work or whatever, like, 
take it. I mean, it's pretty interesting technology that they use there to sort the packages. A lot of it's automated. Uh, you said there was a that you were in. Were you in an airplane hangar when this press? Yeah, conference? the press conference was in an airplane hangar, and they had some giant. They like, had a seven forty seven <laughs> just casually in the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you like right. walked under it. Yeah, um, they're pretty pl- proud in. of those planes. Yeah. <laughs> so they like to show them off. Yeah, but. I toured the wor- Whirlport a few years ago because I did a story about how UPS uh, makes it possible for restaurants to get spices and ingredients like fresh fish that mm-hmm. we usually wouldn't get in a place like Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But since, um, you know, they got 150 planes coming from Europe every day mm-hmm. and the planes and the packages coming from all over the world, uh, you know, chefs can uh, do things uh, here that they couldn't do in other places. Yeah. So uh, you really wrote a similar has story to impact them. on our culture. I think we got hit by the same uh, PR person yeah. that, that <laughs> pitched that story because I wrote a similar one. Um, <laughs> kudos to that yeah. PR mm-hmm. person, but uh, um, and that was before you started. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it, it is a neat facility, and yes. Uh, Pete thought so too. Pete had yeah. to check it out. So, if he wins pres, if he's ever president, he'll be President Pete, which will be kind president of President Pete. Yeah, <laughs> kind of fun to say, but mm-hmm. uh, they'll still call him Mayor Pete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. All right, so we will switch gears here. We'll do what we always do and talk about restaurants and retail. Um, Michael, I'm going to start with Marco's Pizza. Where's Marco's Pizza going? It's going in South Louisville, not far from my house. It's on Dixie Highway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's going into a shopping plaza that was Marina Finance, and that moved to a different space. And so, um, you know, in our stories, we often say, you know, the story may be updated later. Mm-hmm. And I actually did update the story because <laughs> well, Marcos got back to me. And so uh, they said that uh, it's going to be open in May. And um, so, and they, and uh, Marcos, they have uh, a location in Bowling Green. And so, uh, since Ellie and Laurel uh, graduated from Western, I'm sure they both know about it. And Do you know about it? Oh, yeah. It was near, I, my apartment had some sort of a thing with Marcos where we would get like discounts on pizza and stuff. So I lived I in get... that apartment complex too, but oh. somehow that somehow <laughs> they, live in the they same didn't, apartment complex. They didn't tell you. They didn't tell me. <laughs> you didn't They're know like, that. No, don't, no. Don't we give would... Laurel any pizza. <laughs> right, yeah. yes, we would get this coupons all the time, and so we would go to Marcos because it was like up the street from. Yeah. Is it live. good? This like, is, I've never had it. This is an audio <gasps> format, so you can't tell that my jaw dropped <laughs> when I realized that this was hidden from me. I also forgot we lived at the same place, so that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a big, right. this is going to be controversial, but these are, here's the sharp opinions, Whoa. everybody. Not a big pizza fan. Oh, oh. my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our editor, Shay, is, he knew about Marco's, mm. yeah. and they, they also have a, a store over in New Albany, and I learned today when I updated my story that they also have a Louisville connection. So uh, it was uh, founded... Um, in 1978, and then um, recently, uh, former Louisville resident Jack Butarak uh, became chairman and CEO of the company, and he purchased the franchise rights for Marcos 
in 2004, along with some investors from Louisville. Huh. And now it's the number five pizza brand in the U.S. Yeah. Huh. So it US does have a Louisville tie. connection, yeah. <laughs> which could maybe explain why they're moving, uh, deciding to move into the Louisville area. Louisville is a very pizza-friendly city because mm -hmm. yeah. of Papa John's, now Marcos. Yum Brands owns Pizza Hut. And there's a publication in town called Pizza Today, which writes about the pizza industry, which I think sounds mm. awesome to work for. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. Trade Pub. Uh, I used to quote him occasionally when I was used to write about restaurants. So. Uh, You're like when I was on the pizza beat. When I was I on the pizza them. beat, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, but I am a pizza fan. I, I don't try enough of these little chains, though, like, mm. like Blaze or... Uh, mod or like some of these like uh -huh. smaller pizza chains that you had to go to. <laughs> I just want it <laughs> delivered to me, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the, I don't, I don't try those out. Yeah. So much, sometimes but. a little hole in the wall places are the best. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. So let's see here. Are you also, Oh, this one's great. What's going in the old Ponderosa in Oklahoma? Oh, it's going to be a um, restaurant in Tequila Bar, and it's called Azul Tequila. And they have a few um, locations in the region. Um, there's one in Glasgow, Kentucky, and they have um, locations in Jasper and Seymour, uh, Indiana, and, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to write these stories for Mexican restaurants because, like you say, like the food, it's the food that every Mexican restaurant has, you mm. know. Um, but the uh, people we, love it. Yeah, <laughs> people love it. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, my wife and I eat so much Mexican food, we don't even call it Mexican food. We just say food. <laughs> and I feel like people are so <laughs> dedicated to their like Mexican restaurant. Like That's their true. El Nopal. For me, it's El Caparel. Uh, like uh -huh. people are like dedicated to the, even though all of it's the same food no matter where you go. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, which, and I'm, it's better at El Caparel. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my hot well, take. Well, this is a te tequila bar, too. So they have more than 60 different uh, kinds of tequila. Wow. So. Um, I only need one. So. <laughs> 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 uh, so um, I'm not sure when, when this one's going to open. Um, they had some um, renovations done. And uh, they, they, there's a sign up, but um, nothing, nothing else is, looks like it's been done in the uh, last couple months. So um, I've been trying to reach out, and maybe I'll update that story, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm updating stories now. <laughs> updating stories left yeah. and right. Funny aside, when I'm uh, putting together the print edition, I take the stories from the website most of the time. And um, a lot of times I'll just forget until it gets on the page the line they'll say this story might be updated and i'm looking at it and it's in print and i'm like no it's this, not gonna be updated. <laughs> this story is not going to be it could updated. be updated by carrier pigeon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so. just a handwritten note i don't think i've let that get past me but who knows so maybe it has gotten like, out there you in can the world. update it at home with your sharpie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> a do-it-yourself version of business first um, so we'll switch gears only slightly, still talking about restaurants. Um, David, 
this week, Haley wrote about a restaurant closing in Nulu. Yeah, this is interesting. It's because it's um, it's called Logic Everyday Kitchen and Everyday Kitchen and Cafe. Um, so wait, hang on, I screwed it up. It's Logic Everyday Community is closing Everyday Kitchen and Cafe. Um, That's and a tongue twister. For yeah, sure. it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like stumbled right out the gate there. But, but uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it's kind of a restaurant that it's large. It, it seats 140 people. It's there in Nulu um, on Market Street and what's called the uh, Gateway to Nulu Building, and it had been tied in with this um, co-working and office and event space called um, Logic Everyday Community. So the. J- from what we've heard, just the restaurant and cafe are closing. It's uh, the co-working space is staying open, uh, but it was kind of a shocker because it, it was a large place, and um, you know I think they had maybe had trouble finding the concept because it used to yeah. be called Clever Moose, yeah, and then it changed its yeah, name to Everyday Kitchen, cafe. Yeah. yeah, Kitchen Cafe, and then they had the restaurant that was Everyday Kitchen, right? And so like and a, a restaurant and a cafe, like isn't a cafe a restaurant? Like yeah. <laughs> it seemed like, and they kept changing the concept. I would get these uh, press releases every few months, like now we're doing this, <laughs> you know that. Now it's like an after-work thing, and yeah. uh, uh, for a while they had uh, uh, Mike Waja uh, as the chef, and it was really a chef-driven concept. Right. And he left to, to go work for uh, Well and Ventures, um, like he's doing restaurants in their boutique hotels. And I think they just never really yeah. um, uh, found the 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 right vision after after he left it seemed like nulu has plenty of restaurants but it doesn't seem like you could go wrong with a restaurant in nulu but i guess you can because you know there there's been plenty of places come and go but i mean you have your audience built in right there all around there so i don't know i hope it finds a new uh user i, th- I think that the the most popular restaurants are really kind of focused and and they're known for something mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like guacamole's mm-hmm. or um, any of those Olay hospitality things, like the Cuban restaurant. Um, There's the, uh, the pizza place in New Lou's really good. The Square Pizza. Emmy Square. Emmy Square. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I love Square Pizza. Speaking mm-hmm. of going back to pizza, yeah. Emmy and Melba's is moving there, and yeah. and they mm-hmm. have their own following. I have to shout out Mayan Cafe too. That's my oh, favorite yeah. in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The, the burger place. How could I forget? <laughs> I know. Grind burger is your favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless and you've so, been lying to so me. So I can never <laughs> say I go to everyday kitchen for this, you right. know, for right, this right. particular dish. Or I this, went yeah. once and it was just, um, I was meeting somebody who worked in the co working space. And, um, you know, I mean, it did have a very, like, it was more like a coffee shop kind of feel or whatever. Yeah. I didn't really think to order food. It was more just like, coffee shops every time i've gone there has been to meet the pr people who <laughs> work for the company yeah to, to talk about right. their new concept yeah mm-hmm. the barrier for me was i went there to order coffee but i couldn't find where to order and i tried I had the same yes issue and then people were yelling they're like are you a member of the logic co-working space i said no i'm just trying to order coffee they're like stand over there <laughs> and like and i was like i don't like this yeah. Yeah. i kind of like felt like that too like i was like where do i order and the you know the guy's like over there and i'm like oh, there's like 10 places yeah, to don't, order here. don't like, act like it's obvious <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, i don't know come on uh but yeah so that's uh sad to see uh that 
closed, but hopefully, uh, yeah, it's, find a, a, new it's use, a great so. location. I'm yeah. sure it mm-hmm. won't be uh, empty for long. Yeah, definitely. And then we'll have something else to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We never lack for restaurants to, <laughs> and, to talk about. And on we'll this have podcast. another reason to go there and talk to Nick Camposano, mm-hmm. who <laughs> developed that building. Right. So, um, David, I don't think you wrote this story either. I keep <laughs> no. saying, David, I'm going to ask you a question about a story you didn't write. We only have four mics, so <laughs> I can't get everybody. Here. But you, you do, you read. <laughs> but I do read a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, so also this week, um, Business First wrote about um, a new gas station coming to town. A new gas station you wouldn't think is a big deal, but uh, people are jazzed about Wawa coming to town. <laughs> um, Steve, our uh, you know our reporter who was on last week, I think he was on last week. Yes. Um, you know he's from the East Coast, and he he was like just psyched that Wawa was coming to town. But I don't know. I've never been there. Shay, our editor, who wrote the story, he's been there. He says it. It's I cool think somehow. Shay just like, travels for food. Yeah. He seems to know yeah. about so, eating everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So they have like sandwiches and stuff. So it's not just a gas station. So it is reminiscent of Bucky's. Yeah, something I hate. With <laughs> he said, "Yeah, <laughs> Bucky's is like this." Is my hot take from earlier in the week, so I'm repeating myself here. But like, I, the thing I like about a gas station is it's small, and I can just go in there and get what I need and leave. But Bucky's is a, a super Walmart, so like, why do I want to go into a super Walmart ever? Um, but <laughs> but right. that's what you know. Bucky's kind of reminds me of. So I don't know if Wawa's like that. Maybe Wawa is really great, but uh, but few people are excited. They have a better it. name. They do. It's fun mm-hmm. to say Wawa. I don't know. Bucky's. Do they is have like, a mascot? Because Bucky's has a mascot. Bucky's has a mascot. It's, <laughs> it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, I'm a, a big bird on the mascots. logo. Wasn't it uh, SNL uh, skit Barbara Wawa? Was <laughs> <laughs> making fun of Barbara Walters. Oh yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Switching gears away from Wawa um, because Wawa remains a mystery to all of us. Um, Switching from restaurants to retail, everyone's second favorite topic, you wrote about a new store coming to Mall St. Matthews. Mm -hmm. Tell us about it. Um, It's called Palmetto Moon, which is not a store that I had heard of, but it seemed pretty popular when I was kind of looking around to learn more information about it. Um, But they submitted plans to uh, planning and design for a spot in Mall St. Matthews. Um, they are a kind of Southern retailer. They carry brands like Yeti and Simply Southern Vineyard Vine, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it looked like they're going to take up about an 8,000 square foot space there. Um, I wasn't able to get in contact with them, so I don't know much more information about it, but, um, but yeah, they, uh, are based in South Carolina and they're primarily in the kind of Southeast, like Florida, uh, South Carolina, that area. What store was in it before? <laughs> I, I don't know. It oh, doesn't okay. say in no, the construction plan it. gotcha. what it's taking over. We'll just so. have to take a lap in the Mall St. Matthews. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. What, what would fit a Palmetto, <laughs> Palmetto Moon? Palmetto Moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. So, I guess it's um, since Oxmoor has vineyard vines already, mm-hmm. it would be redundant for Palmetto Moon to go there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because those two malls are owned by the same people. So. Um, I think they try to kind of be like synergistic, like they try not to compete with one another. So, wonder if they'll ever build a light rail that connects them. I don't know a Ooh, tunnel underground. Be, yeah. Oh my god, we we didn't talk about this tunnel. No. Yeah. On the podcast, so we can bring that up real quick before we go. Um, 
Are we done on Paul Meadow? I have no more questions. <laughs> no further have, questions. I have nothing else to say on it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, this happened, I guess it happened last week, right as we were coming into the podcast. But there's this proposal to uh, build, Michael, what is it? It's a th- what a three-mile tunnel between uh, uh, downtown the, Louisville and, and the fairgrounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it would have stops in between like UofL and uh, different businesses and it would have like basically electric vehicles and the fur board like the uh, state gave them some money to do a study and they put together kind of like this wish list and they've always wanted to connect the fairgrounds to downtown Louisville to make it easier especially like when you have big festivals like the all the Danny Wilmer concerts there um like Bourbon and Beyond just moving people back and forth so mm-hmm. uh they would have this tunnel and they say it would be cheaper than light rail uh they think they could do it for like 250 uh, million dollars and they have two companies interested in it but of course everybody's like we just want light rail (laughs) so i think a tunnel with electric vehicles is better than no tunnel with electric like i mean (laughs) like build it let's put the maybe we put the light rail in there later but i still think it's a cool idea to build a tunnel between downtown yeah i mean it's really thinking outside the box because i mean we really need something yeah rather than just you know, <laughs> waiting for uh, light rail. And like Ellie, didn't didn't in Jacksonville they have some kind of electric vehicle yeah, people mover thing? They um were working on it, but it was yeah. So they have they already had this kind of people mover system that was above the ground, so it was like elevated, um, and it was light rail, but it was in it wasn't the rails were like on a road so they were they're working on removing the rails and making it a road so that electric cars can like they're building ramps from yeah and like autonomous cars yes, like they're the, driving a, a, themselves right not and like just like somebody not, driving a tesla yeah like autonomous cars can go from the road up to the ramps yeah. and then back down to the road yeah well this plan is you know some people are like criticizing it because it's not light rail, but I'm like, it's, I still think it's cool. Like, it is still a plan. It's a it's step a, in the right something. direction. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a plan that can be executed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's some debating. kind of underground transportation. And, you know, electric autonomous vehicles are the wave of the future. So I think it's forward thinking of them to consider that at least and mm-hmm. and if it turns out that no we want light rail well at least we already got the tunnel built yeah. we yeah. can put the light rail down walk yeah. before and you run yeah, exactly. it is part of like a 700 million dollar uh plan that they put together that includes like expansion of the expo center and adding green spaces and maybe even the soccer field and you know so they're really like thinking about how how we get people here and how we move them around mm-hmm. you know to the hotels and take advantage of of all the yeah. amenities that we have in different part of the cities make make them work together right and it's it's you know you got L down there you got churchill downs you got the fairground you got um you know cardinal stadium and just think about how much easier it'll be to park for, like if that's an option yeah, like, like for those big or, events like because yeah. you know derby parking is always an issue 
um, parking at Bourbon and Beyond <laughs> and Louder Than Life is always an issue. This just eliminates that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's a cool f- plan. Fun fact, David uh, Beck, who is the head of the fair board, actually mentioned it on this podcast one time early was it earlier this year or last year i think it was this year yeah um he was on he was on as a guest and mentioned a tunnel between the two and uh we kind of was just like whatever but now it's come up as like a funding request and it's like oh okay okay <laughs> so, <laughs> all right david i see you <laughs> I see you. yeah <laughs> uh but i don't know i mean i think it will be hard to get the approvals to you know drill a big tunnel yeah. underneath Louisville. But. Yeah, so he uh, <coughs> presented it to the State Appropriations Committee, so they're going to look at the proposals and uh, get back to them and say, you know, we, we want to fund this or you need to go back to the drawing board. So yeah. it's not anything that's going to happen in the next year Yeah, they're year not digging so, yet. But, <laughs> yeah. And isn't uh, an Elon Musk company involved somehow? Maybe they do the they do boring or something like that. I it heard that. I don't. Me. He I heard it, but it was on everything. Twitter, yeah. so I don't know if it's true. Oh, yeah. He might have just been saying that on Twitter, but uh, but anyway, uh, there you go. This week's Access Louisville podcast with a bonus topic about the tunnel uh, between. I wonder what Peter, Pete Booter Judge would think about. Would think the, of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd probably like it. Yeah, probably. Um, all right. Well, before we go, we'll go around the room here, and uh, we can share our social media handles and let people know where they can find us on social. Uh, Laurel, I'll start with you. On you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Laurel Deppin, and on Twitter at BFLuLaurel. Ellie. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, or on Twitter at BFLuEleanor. Michael. I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Michael Jones, and on Twitter at BFLuMichael. And you can find me on Twitter under my handle, DMAN3001, or on LinkedIn under my real name, David A. Mann. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Laurel, Ellie, and Michael. And thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.